Good to see you all here this morning. It's always a joy to be here at Landmark. I love you folks very, very much. If you have your Bible, if you would please, let's go to um, Romans 1.16. Paul says in verse 16, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I like your theme, let's set the captives free, amen? That's what Paul was saying, there's power in the gospel. What is the gospel? It's his death. By the way, he died for you and me. Bore our sins on Calvary. You know what would be sad if you'd die and go to hell when Christ thought of you on Calvary, but you never thought of him? You realize your sins have already been paid for through the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I'm not ashamed. Paul had religion, but it wouldn't save him. It just brought him, uh, reminded him that he's facing death. That's what the law is good for. It'll reveal you dirty. It just can't clean you up. But the gospel reaches way down in there, calls you and bursts you, and gives you a divine nature, changes you from some inside out. And uh, Saul was a new man when he met Christ on Damascus Road. Got set free from the law. Now the law is a good thing that we just can't fulfill it. Amen. But Christ did. And thank God the gospel is good news. And that's what he's saying here in verse 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Have you ever given your heart to the Lord? Are you born again? Bible tells you in Psalms 96 verse 3, Declare His glory among the heathen. What he's saying is preach the word. If you can't go, send someone that can. Amen. There's power in the gospel. And he says declare his glory among the heathen. The heathen are those that are still under the penalty of sin, under condemnation. They're lost. And they need to hear the gospel. What does the gospel do? It reveals the truth that all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. It reveals the truth that God loves us. God sent His only begotten Son, amen, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This week you had a great missions conference, but really what makes it great is when you just continue to give. Give, why? Because you're going to help those to go where God sent them. In the book of Ezra, it says either you're a goer or you're a sender. And um, so you can't outgive the Lord. In this, he was reminding you uh, that his wonders among the people. What are some of the wonders that we need to tell him about? Well, it's about the gospel. And I, as I look at some of my notes here, uh, the word means to preach the word. It means that he's able, think about that, God is able and willing to save anyone and everyone. You say, well, preacher, I've done too much. No, listen, he's already died for you. His blood has already been poured out for your sins. Uh, you, the tomb's empty. What God is saying is arrangement has been made. You don't have to die and go to hell. I love you. Jesus died for you. The tomb's empty. Amen. What he's saying is I agree. I accept the payment and man can be forgiven. God forbid that you'd leave here not knowing that God loves you. But God commended His love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Preacher, I can't get my act together. I've been here and there and I just can't get it together. Listen, if you meet Christ, you'll get your life together. He's a game changer. 
That's why he's telling you and I declare his glory. Go to the heathen. Go to those that are still in sin, blinded by sin. Those that are still dead in the trespasses and sin. Tell them I love them. Share with them the good news. Hey, preach the word to them. Let them know they don't leave here lost. They can be born again. I'm here to remind you, you don't have to walk out of here lost. But you can give your heart to Jesus. By the way, he's approachable, amen? We approach him through Jesus, his son. Father, I know you love me, but I come to you because you sent your son and he died for me. And I'm here to say yes to the call of salvation. The Bible speaks about three different calls in the Bible. And the first call is salvation. He calls you and I to come and give our heart to him and to let him take our sins and, and put them behind us and under the blood. And then there's a second call. There's a, saw of, there's a call of sanctification where he tells you and I, now that you're saved, I want you to serve me. And there's tons of Bible verses, but the bottom line is salvation is a work that God does for us. But sanctification is a, him preparing you and I to do a work for him. Have you ever moved from the place that, yes, I'm saved, where you answer the call of setting yourself apart for his use? Bible tells you and I, for this is the will of God. Even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Hey, listen, we are different because he's made us different. And he's called you and I to separate. John 17, 7 says it like this. Sanctify them through the truth of thy word. The Bible's powerful. It reveals to you that we fall short, but thank God we are strong in Christ. And he never leaves us or forsakes us. Hey, listen, we can live a life that will bring him honor and glory. That's the word sanctification. Salvation, God did the work for us. Sanctification is you and I die into our wants and desires and take it up on his heartbeat. that We might honor him and serve him. And then there's a call of service. All through the Bible, he tells you and I that we are living epistles. You know what that means? Our life, the way we live it, tells a real story of who we are. It's not what you say. It's what you do that reveals who you are. And uh, it's a lot easier to tell folks about Christ if they can smell the fragrance of Christ in your life. It's a lot sweeter when you can bring Christ up knowing that you're not a hypocrite. He's telling you and I there's a call to service. Lay down what you want and pick up the plow and do what I've called you to do. I don't mean quit your job. It just means that the job Christ is first. It don't mean sell and go to the mission field. It means you got a mission field right out your front door. It don't mean you uh, go build churches. You got a good church. Just help this church be stronger. There's a call to service. Thank God for Sunday school teachers. Thank God for those over there in junior church. The idea is we all need one another. God's gifted you to help this trip to be stronger and reach farther. That's the call of service. He tells you and I in the Bible that we are ambassadors. The idea is we're not looking to stay here. We're just passing through. But the Bible says our works do follow us. And if you're called to serve him, the Bible just simply says this. I know what you do. I'll bless what you do. And then I'll reward you for what you do. He said, I saved you when you didn't know me. But then you met me. Then he says, I begin to set you apart that now you can answer the call to serve me. Where are you in those three? Are you still lost on your way to hell? God's calling you to give your heart to him. 
if you are saved, have you ever, have you ever answered the work that God's doing in you? He's setting you apart. That could be friendships. Could be places that you go, you ought not go. Could be faithfulness in the house of God. It could be a, be a student of the word of God. I've said this here, I'm, I'm sure many times, but it helps me. We find two women, Mary and who's the other one? Martha. Mary stayed devoted. She got her task done, but when she was done, she went and sat at the feet of Jesus. She was criticized. Martha said, Lord, look at here. She don't know why. I mean, bless her heart. She just don't get it, does she? And the Lord said, no, she gets it. She understands. Sometimes you can simply invite Christ into your heart and get saved and then neglect him. Never get to the place where God can set you apart. Put his hand on you. You'll find in the life of Mary three different times in a critical situation, she went right back to the feet of Jesus and said, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but I know what you're, I trust you. You'll find it at the death of Lazarus. I mean, she was brokenhearted. The only thing she knew to go to his feet. Say, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I trust you. You'll find it at the death of Jesus, the, our Savior. You'll find her at the feet. She knew that he was a great man. He's the Son of God. She already confessed that he's Savior. But more than that, it was a dark day. Just trying to remind you there's three calls. One to salvation, one to set you apart, and one is the call that you put your hands on the plow and you do something for God. Where are you at on these calls? He tells you and I that you and I are the servants of the Lord. Man, what a privilege. What a privilege to honor him who honored us. What a joy to take the gospel, the only thing that can take folks to heaven and share it with somebody. I mean, what a privilege to sit down and say, can I just talk to you about Jesus? What a privilege to study a lesson and take these poor, these little tender hearts and teach them about the great precious stories of Noah and the flood. You think, well, what's the big deal? Listen, those stories still stick into my heart and mind. Back in the days of, of the, you know, they put it on a board. Sometimes it'd fall off and I'd pick it back up, put it on there because I wanted to see Noah on the ark. Good stories of Daniel in the lion's den. You say, well, what's the big deal? Those are life-changing stories to me. I can still see God speaking things into existence, separating the waters from dry land. I'm just saying there's a call. Hey, the, a local church needs servants. Who else is going to run the bus? And I know you guys have, you know, it's the hardest ministry probably of the church is to keep folks out there knocking doors and inviting folks. But I'm telling you, man, thank God every chance you can to bring somebody under the gospel. Why? There's power in this gospel. To know that Christ died for him, but death didn't hold him. He rose again and he ascended to the Father and he's coming back. Heaven's a real place, by the way. And there's a door, and you and I have the privilege to take people and give them the gospel and point them to the door of Jesus Christ. He said, well, nobody cares. They don't care here, but he cares. Hey, listen, read 2 Peter. This old world's going to burn up. All these big buildings ain't going to be here. You see how quick fire went through uh, Hawaii? That ain't nothing. When God said, I've had enough. In Revelation, read it. They'll run. They want to die. And God's ain't going to let you die. I ain't done with you. Vengeance belongeth to the Lord. Hailstones, 100 pounds. How do I get out of that? You don't. 
God said, you've had your folly. Now vengeance is mine. We know that, church. Why wouldn't we want to be servants of Christ? We're just ambassadors. We know things that dead man don't know. And you're accountable, by the way. He tells you and I, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy. Worthy. God's given you a gift. It's not like you can't do what he's asked you to do. Salvation comes with a call to serve him, to draw nigh to him, to be strengthened by him. Be strong in the Lord, the Bible says. He said, I'll never leave you for sake. He knows you're down here in a horrible world, but he's called you for this hour. Devil says you can't. God says he's a liar. Why are you listening to him? You can. Have you ever decided that God set you apart to get involved? Walk worthy of your calling, the vocation wherewith you are called. Have you ever heard this term? Um, people say, boy, I tell you, that's a wasted talent there. If they would only apply themselves. How many of you have ever heard that in sports? Yeah. If they, Jimmy, if they just apply, you know, you probably had people come through where you work. Well, they could have been a, they could have made a good living if they weren't so lazy. I mean, it's not like they don't know what to do. It's on paper form. Just go do it. God says, not like you don't know. Walk worthy. I've set you up for this hour. That money you're holding on to, it's not yours. It's all His. Be good stewards of it. Your pastor constantly and continually trying to get you into giving. Why? Because you can't outgive the Lord. He's a debtor to no man. Be a part of the harvest. Don't let others have your blessing. Hey, be a good steward. God will give back to you. Give for the saving of souls. That's the calling God's given you. It's not your money. You're going to die and they're going to fight over it. Amish are going to come and buy you out. What are you going to do about it? You're going. I mean, we hold and hoard for what? Just want to encourage you. There's more than just being saved. Thank God I ain't going to hell. Hallelujah for that. But oh man, to be able to see the word of God set me apart, to see my heart change because I'm learning to love him more. I'm realizing in the history of the Bible that those who did things their own way, it, it caught up with them. Have you, ever, have you ever figured that out? Have you ever just thought about the road you're on? Where's this going to take me? Well, just find a, the story in the Bible. It'll tell you. Well, I'm just going to live with one until I get one that makes me feel happy. Just read the Bible. You'll stop that foolishness. Well, I'm just saying, God knows I can't tithe right now. I got too much on me. Just read your Bible. You'll get your act straight. We listen to all this stuff. We think within ourselves, this is what I'm going to do. You better find out if God's for it. If he ain't for it, you ought not be for it. Hey, God likes to put you in a position where either you're going to trust him or you're not going to trust him. God gets us stronger through opposition, through resistance. I mean, think about it. Moses was born because mom and dad was in a bad spot and they either had to believe God or, or surrender to Pharaoh. Now, we read that story and go, oh, how could they think such a weird thing? Moses was the leader of Israel. Boy, what a meek man. Go back. Now, come on. Go back to when they had a little boy, three months old. They can't hide him anymore. What would you do? 
Are you going to listen to Pharaoh and throw him in the Nile River and let him die? Or are you going to say, no, I'm not this boy. This God you gave him to me, I'm giving him back to you. There's faith promise. He's not mine anyway, Lord. I mean, I'm holding him. I'm loving him. It really, it's a gift from the Father, so I'm going to give him back to you. And they put him in a basket, and he floats down the river, and God sends who? Pharaoh's daughter down there. Pinches the baby. Why? She goes, oh, that poor little fellow. Who's in that basket? For the day's over, she put him back in the mother's hand and paid her to raise her own child. Who else can pull that off? You'll be surprised what God can pull off if you'll trust him. Well, there's no way that God can meet all these bills. I mean, I'm in charge. No, you're not. God said, I'll meet every need you got. Just serve me. Realize it's not yours, it's mine. Help me to get the gospel to the world. Why? There's power in that gospel. Well, let somebody else do it. I know that mentality. Better read your Bible. That's a bad attitude. When everything you have is not you, you think, boy, I'm, I'm really crafty. Listen, one bad day can take you out of business. God says, I'll take notice when you take notice that it's not yours, it's mine. And you're being a good steward. Salvation's free. Didn't cost me, but thank God, may I never forget, he paid for it on Calvary. He gave his life. They didn't kill him. Listen to me. He gave it for you. Amen. You ever notice the three crosses? The one in the center was redemption. God said, hey, I sent my son to pay for the sins of the world. Paid. Redemption. Favor. God said, you don't have to leave her lost. You can leave her saved. One man said, oh, listen, I, I don't see your worth. Rejection. Redemption in the middle. Another one said, I don't see it. He died and went to hell. But on the other side... He said, I, I know who you are. He said, Lord, remember me. When I, when I enter into paradise, the kingdom, remember me. I know who you are. You don't deserve this, but you're dying for me. So you got redemption. Christ, you got rejection. Then you got a man that's just received him. I don't understand it, but I do know this. I'm not going to miss this moment. Lord, remember me. And that day he went to heaven. In this room. Still three crosses. Some don't see it. They'll walk out lost. Some will see it and say, thank God, Lord, deal with my sins. And the middle cross always stands to remind you, I've already thought of you. I've already died for you. You can get it today. And you know the first thing we do is what's it going to cost me? And what's sad to say is if it did cost you something, you know what you'd probably do? You'd go out and start working for it so you can brag about it. Can you imagine heaven if we all got there by a trade or a good deal? What'd you do to get here? I sold my Model 1. Boy, I love that baby, but I'll get heaven because... No. No, that's how filthy and you know, wretched we are, James. You got to humble yourself. You want to go to heaven? You got to humble yourself. You got to say, I can't bring nothing... Sin's left me empty. Matter of fact, you got to be pitied. I mean, to pity somebody is to look at them and say, you can't help yourself. If I don't step in and help you, you're going to just die and go to hell. So he steps in and says, I love you. And he 
He bore your sins. Now, you and I will never know the depth of that unless you die and go to hell because the rich man in hell is begging to come up here and do it again, but it's too late. Are you going to be one of those that's going to die and go to hell and cry the rest of your eternity wishing that you could come back up here and hear a message like this? Lazarus gave him the goods. The rich man said, I got all my goods. No, you don't have Christ. I don't need Christ. I got money. Money don't help you when you die. Oh, it might buy you a good casket. And I think there's even a difference on that thing they put on top of the casket. Whatever those things are called. A vault. It's crazy. It's a money-making thing. If you ever sit down at one of those tables, it's like, holy moly, I forgot someone died. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to pay for all this. It's a money thing. Bottom line is they're going. You ever think about that? The rich man who fared sumptuously up here is crying in hell. Now, I don't, you don't want to think about this, but your time's coming. I know it's morbid, but why would you ever want eternal life if you don't think you're ever going to need it? But it's coming. One day, your, your name's going to be in an obituary. Y'all glad you come? Bunch of deadbeats. Now, think about it. We don't want to think about it, Jimmy. We're, too, we're planning. Gatlinburg coming up. That's a good trip. And then we're going, you know, we got all this stuff planned. But you know, here's the true story. Life's so, I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen. One doctor's visit, boy, they can take you down fast. Here's what I'm saying. I actually gave you two messages today. You got three calls, one salvation. If you're not saved, God does the calling. I don't save anybody. I'm just telling you, when I got saved, I knew right here in my heart, God was speaking to me. I had to make the choice. But God made it clear, David, I'll I'll take you. I love you. And I felt that draw. Did you? I didn't trip up here. How did I end up here? No, I came because I wanted to get saved. So if God's calling you, that's serious business if you say no. But if God's calling you, I wouldn't leave here without him. Once you're in, then he's trying to set you apart. He's trying to get you to the place where he can get you into a service. Takes time. Takes time. And God's patient. Aren't you glad? I mean, seriously. I think it's why he gives us kids. Just to, just to remind us, you think you got problems? <laughs> I've got bigger problems trying to get you where I've called you to be. So we, we learn through our life. You ever think about that? We learn. God says, while you're looking up here, just remember you're dealing with it here. Horizontally and vertically. I let you face problems here so you'll look this way. And when you look this way, I'll help you get things straightened out this way. Don't waste your life because before you know it, life's gone. And the devil's got most of your life. Don't mean nothing. You've just made just bad, you know. And you can't get it back. Now, I will say this. God's merciful. And he said, I can give you some of those bad times back. They're there as consequences, but I can give you some fruit from all that. My last point, and I've, just, and I've already said it, but I want you to think about it. 
setting the captive free. Well, bless God, somebody's going to do it. Be a part of the harvest. Why would you let someone else have the blessing when God's inviting you to come up to the plate and be a part of this thing? Now, look at me. If you don't understand the principle of giving, you'll never do it. But if you'll search the Bible and just search it and find out the principles of what the Bible says about being a part of missions, you'll never struggle again. Devil wants you to think what God can't do. The Bible will teach you what God has done and what he can do. My favorite one's Hannah. Hannah didn't have a child, but she went to God and said all these things. If you give me a child, I'll give him back. That's faith promise. God gave her Samuel. She reared Samuel to a certain age, took him back to what she promised. She had no children. She was late in life. After she gave Samuel back to Eli, she came back and God gave her five kids. She had none. She begged God for one. She made a promise, you give me a boy, I'll give him back to the priesthood. And thank God Israel needed it. Samuel was given back. Eli didn't even remember. Wasn't you the woman that was drunk, screaming around? I wasn't drunk. I was asking God for this boy because your boys aren't no good. Somebody's got to carry this thing on. You know, listen to me. That all came by. I don't know what God's got for you, but it comes by faith. She saw something that no one else saw. Faith will allow you to see things that people don't see. So she gave a boy. She walked away and said, hey, Elk and I, we did what God promised. I don't think she even realized that God's going to bless her with five more children. She just said, I was faithful to the task. Listen to me. I'm trying to land, Pastor. If you're faithful to the task, God's got more for you. Don't fail the task. She took him back. Come on, moms. There's no greater love to take a... 12-year-old boy back and say, you know, listen, son, you, I'll, be, I'll come visit you once a year. This is where you're going to be now. And walk away. But God blessed it in a mighty way. Oh, that's just a good verse, preacher. No, that might take you to new heights if you'll jump in and get involved. This might be giving you something back that you've been praying for for years, but God says you've got to be faithful here before I interact and do what you've been asking. Most people never get there. They just don't see it. You'll never get there. You'll just be a surface Christian. I'm lucky, bless God, just to get to church. (laughs) There's so much more. Hey, look, are you saved? Yes or no? If not, get it settled. Where are you at on setting yourself apart? Are you in the Word of God? Are you growing? Are you making some changes? Are you saying no to things that you say yes to? Are you letting go some things that you need to let go of? Maybe your associations, whatever it is, learn to separate from those things that's hindering your walk. And then when God tugs you for a call, man, stand up and say, I'm proud to be in the army. Thank God I'm a soldier. Lord, where is it you put me to work? This church right here, listen, the future of this church is what you guys want it to be. You can sit here and, and well, I wish somebody would do something. You do something. Well, those buses are setting. Well, go start one up and learn how to drive it. There's a work to be done. Get it done. Y'all still love me? 
Heads about, eyes are closed. Pastor's going to come do the invitation.